And I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder. One of the four beasts saying, come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse. There's a man going round taking names, and he decides who to free and who to blame. Everybody won't be treated all the same. There'll be a golden ladder reaching down when the man comes around. The hairs on your arm will stand up at the terror in each sip and in each sup. Will you partake of that last offered cup or disappear into the potter's ground when the man comes around? Hear the trumpets, hear the pipers, one hundred million angels singing. Multitudes are marching to the big kettle drum. Voices calling, voices crying. Some are born and some are dying. It's Alpha and Omega's kingdom come. And the whirlwind is in the thorn tree. The virgins are all trimming their wicks. The whirlwind is in the thorn tree. It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Till Armageddon, no shalom, no shalom. Then the father hen will call his chickens home. The wise men will bow down before the throne. And at his feet, they'll cast their golden crowns. When the man comes around, whoever is unjust, let him be unjust. All right, creatures of the night. Welcome to Talking Taker, episode 167 of our encyclopedic exploration, digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all time, The Undertaker. My name is Alex Dorio. I want to thank you for joining us for yet another round of Dead Man Talking. And I am joined, as always, by my tag team partner, my wrestling buddy. He is over there catching flies in his mouth, Mr. <laughs> Travis White. <laughs> Travis, we are talking episode 167 here, WrestleMania 31, The Undertaker coming back to face the new face of fear, Bray Wyatt. Are you ready to follow the buzzards tonight? Believe that, Blair. I am ready to follow the buzz. Man, I was going to start hacking and coughing, and you're going to say, what are you doing? I was going to say, catching flies in my mouth. So, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're on the same page. We're, we're, on, we're it. on the same page. There we go. Yeah, we're there. We're there. So, yeah, we don't practice this stuff. Both nah, man. Go just, with it. Just 167 episodes under our belt. That's it. Exactly. Yeah, man, I'm ready. I'm excited to talk about this one. So, uh, it's going to be fun, I think. 
This is a unique one, man. This is yeah, exactly. uh, Undertaker facing someone from the new generation. Not the new generation. Like, not not <laughs> Bob Sparkplug Holly or something like that. Oh, that would be great. <laughs> That'd be great. The hearse against the race car. Like, oh, demolition derby. Have, yeah, they could have, like, a vignette or something. And Oh, that would have been great. <laughs> that would have been glorious. And racing hey, around the track and stuff. Bob Holly's like, still uh, alive. Like Bring wacky back. racers. Yes. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> oh. Now, someone from uh, the the new era in WWE facing off against a guy he certainly inspired, uh, a yeah. guy who uh, certainly followed in his footsteps, uh, the son of someone who Undertaker did face. Uh, <laughs> my, my least favorite wrestler <laughs> of all time, Erwin R. Scheister. We're talking Bray Wyatt here, a guy who really captured uh, fans' imaginations back in 2013 when he came onto the scene with the Wyatt family, and a guy who is still, you know, uh, doing, still very similar to The Undertaker, reinventing himself Mm -hmm. and um, uh, bringing that spooky, that creepy, supernatural element into things as The Fiend here in 2020, but... Uh, you know, we'll talk about this as the show goes along. I think the story of this match and this whole feud is just missed opportunities, man. It uh, It's a yep. cool idea in theory, and there are some really interesting things that happened. But by the time it's all over with, it's just like, huh, uh, I kind of wish that would have been a little bit more. Yeah, no, I agree. And we'll get, like you said, we'll dig more deeper into that as we go. But, yeah, it was... Uh... The, it's the story of what could have been, maybe, you know? I don't know. So we'll see, but I don't know. We'll see. It's all about the story matters as where you're headed from, from this point, you know? Like, what's what's the next chapter going to be? And for one guy, the old guy, it goes on to something bigger and better. But for the new guy, it just kind of stops. Right, and right. Place. So that's, again, that's not really the best uh, decision going forward. We'll, we'll get more into that later on, so. Well, let's go ahead and take our time-traveling hearse back all the way, not too far anymore, back to 2014. We'll pick up right after the most shocking moment in The Undertaker's career, uh, perhaps in WrestleMania in WWE history, the night after WrestleMania 30, where The Undertaker was defeated for the first time after 21 straight victories at WrestleMania, he falls to 21-1 and at the hands of Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman. And you know Paul Heyman is going to come out on this Raw after WrestleMania 30 and brag to the world uh, as he has got a huge grin on his face and gets to tell the world, I told you so in this promo. And yeah. um, We don't need to go word for word through Heyman's promo here, no. but it is going to really set the stage um, for Heyman and Lesnar to uh, dominate for the next six years, essentially. Yeah. This is what's going to skyrocket Brock Lesnar to winning the world title later this summer. And uh, he's, you know, holding the world title however many more times he has it after then. Uh, and Heyman's pretty much consistently, uh, especially for the next year, he's going to bring up the fact that Brock Lesnar is the one in 21-1. and one, And they're going to get that over and over and over again to everybody listening. Brock Lesnar is the one because Brock Lesnar is the one in 21-1. and one. 
I'm sorry. Are you saying what to me? Oh, I forgot who you are, so I'll say it slowly for you. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's in- incredible the way this launches him, which we've talked about last week. You know, if if someone's gonna break the streak, it better be for a good reason and do something with him. Again, people have their, you know, their thoughts about should it have been Brock or not. At this point, it doesn't matter because it's over. He broke it, but like you know, it does set Brock up as the face of the, you know, the special attraction for the next, like you said, six years. I mean, even now he's, you know, uh, putting over Drew McIntyre in 2020 and like five minutes you know but like that equity was built up starting back there in 2014 yeah. you know with him beating yeah. the streak and stuff like that and again they're, they're we're working toward him and roman and whatnot but things go kind of haywire but really cool thing here is the number one trend worldwide was hashtag thank you taker so how Ooh. about that it was nuts man <laughs> <laughs> everybody's talking about it still the night afterward and yeah uh, uh, um Heyman does bring up in his promo, he brags about how Undertaker had to go to the hospital after the match, how he collapsed after going through the curtain. And he even brings up that Vince left the show and went to the hospital with Undertaker through his promo. So uh, I think we had forgotten that he talked about this and a lot of people forgot about it uh, because it was... They, they go really in-depth in it in the Last Ride documentary, but Heyman brings it up here uh, on this night after WrestleMania. Yeah, I totally forgot that he mentioned it here because to my recollection, the first I heard of it was in some podcasts, and then obviously on the Last Ride we get to see it. But yeah, they told us right here, point blank, here you go. So I guess I just didn't believe it because Heyman's a liar. So right, maybe yeah. I just thought it was you know storyline. But um, anyway, kind of neat though. Oh, absolutely. Using it there uh, to his advantage. Heyman is always great at doing that in his promos. And maybe that's why the, the this crowd, man, it, it cracks me up. Because Heyman gets nuclear heat here, bragging about defeating The Undertaker and with Brock Lesnar. And then about an hour later on this show, Cesaro introduces Paul Heyman as his new manager. And Paul Heyman <laughs> gets the biggest babyface pop. Of the yeah. night, he gets the biggest heel reaction and the biggest babyface reaction on this entire episode of Raw. It's just it cracked me up, man. It's nuts, man. And he's one of the only guys that can do that. You know? Yeah, it's awesome. It's insane. And this night is one of the only nights you can do that with this that's crowd true. that's going to be there. So, um, perfect guy in the perfect spot on the perfect night. So, yeah, it is funny how <laughs> he's able to do that. Swing, <laughs> swing the pendulum back and forth all in the same night. So, it's awesome. Well. Uh, that's going to take us to later on through the year. Uh, I just want to mention it has nothing to do with Taker, but it's kind of a what could have been. That Survivor Series in 2014, this is when Sting appears for the first time ever in WWE. You know, which uh, great main event, wonderful ending. I love that main event. It's it's really really long, but uh, the way Sting comes out and helps Dolph win, it was just awesome. But um, again, this led to a lot of speculation online, and then you know. Uh, message boards and on the observer and some of that just like hey we're gonna get sting and taker at wrestlemania maybe you know we can finally get it you know it's uh you know it's it's gonna be in california stings from hollywood or whatever you know like stings from venice beach or whatever like so maybe we'll get that i don't know it was just a lot of speculation and uh of course we'd never get that but 
it never been more true until Survivor Series 2014, you know, Dude, that we could possibly get it. Everybody's first thought. Sting's in exactly. WWE. Sting and Undertaker, man. Although you're thinking that there's no one really knows what's going on with the Undertaker because as we're, we're going to talk about here, we don't see Undertaker from WrestleMania 30 until WrestleMania 31. We don't right. see his face. We don't see him come out into an, an arena. And until Bray Wyatt starts building through this feud, who knows if he's going to compete? I mean, he, he just ended the streak at WrestleMania 30. Seems like a pretty great way to go out if you're going to go out. So it could easily be the end. But you're still, I mean, it's it's wrestling. Anybody could come back right. whenever. And Sting comes in to, to play. That's the dream match everyone's had. It just feels like a given that we're going to get it, if not at this WrestleMania, at some point. So, yeah, disappointing that it never quite worked out that way. Yeah, exactly. Because, again, the streak was over, so it's like it's not like you, he could lose to Sting. Sure. You know, he conceivably, he could lose to Sting there in Sting's first WrestleMania match or whatever. Like, that'd be kind of cool. There's no You no longer have to worry about it. It's a foregone conclusion that Taker's going to win anymore. So, yeah, what well, could have been, but is what it is. I, I remember this. This was the... Um, this was the night after I got married. <laughs> so I got married on November 22nd, 2014. <laughs> and I, my wife, she's wonderful. She doesn't, she puts up with wrestling so much and she doesn't complain about it. She'll watch it sometimes with me. She's not one of these wives that just like can't stand wrestling or anything like that. But, you know, we're on our honeymoon. I'm like, yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm not gonna watch Monday Night Raw on our honeymoon. I'm not gonna watch SmackDown. I'm not. I'm certainly not gonna watch Survivor Series the day after I got married. It, I didn't really even care that much. Whatever Survivor Series, who cares? And then yeah. Monday morning, I get on my phone and I'm scrolling through Twitter and I see Sting is trending. <laughs> yeah, and for, yeah. I gotta find out if it's Sting the wrestler or Sting <laughs> from the police. Like, did did Sting die? Right. Like, why is he right. trending on Twitter? Because this was out of nowhere. This was... Yeah. He had been in the video game commercial, mm -hmm. but, like, no one knew that this was a huge shock that he was actually coming yeah. in. And so, like, I'm sitting here, like, in bed, like, watching Sting's debut on my phone, like, after I swore, <laughs> I, I promise I'm not going to watch any wrestling this week, honey. <laughs> but that's come amazing. on, dude. Sting just debuted. Exactly. Like, that's worst possible timing for that to happen for me yeah did it make you want to say suffer and suck because that's what <laughs> roman Reigns said a couple months later i might have <laughs> it might have been my reaction i had to write that in my notes because everyone remembers that night holy cow what the heck actually you're full of something else You are a sniveling little suck-up sellout full of suffering succotash, son. Yeah, I know. That was not easy to say. But anyway, yeah, that's incredible that you, uh, Sting forced your hand and watched a wrestling your honeymoon. <laughs> I couldn't so. help it, man. <laughs> no, I don't blame you. Certainly not, so... Uh, anyway, that's that's awesome. That's an awesome little story. I, I forgot that that was right after your, your wedding. Yeah. So that's hilarious. Um, well, that's going to take us to Raw in February 2nd of 2015. So we're fast-forwarding way ahead. So, um, well, speaking of Survivor Series, I think uh, like Ziggler and maybe Ryback and Mark Henry or somebody had gotten quote-unquote fired and John Cena won their jobs back or something. So anyway, in order to 
uh, I guess the authorities holding them down. They're going to put them in matches on this night with, you know, big heels in the show. Well, Ziggler gets Bray Wyatt. And Braid defeats him pretty single-handedly, but he's off Ziggler, so he's going to have a great match. But anyway, after that, uh, it, that has nothing to do with anything except for Bray Wyatt's in it. But um, later on, <laughs> he has a message on the Titantron, like, like a backstage vignette almost. And um, he says that he's been called a lot of names. He's been called seducer, accuser, destroyer, but you may call me Bray. And he says that he's been watching you for quite some time, and oh, how they used to fear you. You let all that fear turn into love and admiration, but I am the new face of fear. I am the dragon, and the devil is real, and he cannot wait to see you again. And then he turns his back to the camera and flips over backwards like he does in the back of the uh, in the turnbuckle, and he says, "I know you're listening. Find me." <laughs> That's what the seed's been planted here. We don't know who he's talking to technically. You know, you could dig into it and, and kind of figure out who it is probably. But, again, that's just a little bit of subtlety there. Who's Bray talking to? What's he talking about? Because, again, it's not abnormal from one of his regular promos. That's kind of what he'd been known for for the last two years, these kind of uh, random stream of consciousness promos that sound like a Chris Cornell song meets a Raven promo, honestly, So, which is why I was so drawn to this guy. I mean – Big Raven fan. Everybody listening to this podcast knows I'm a huge Raven mark, and like this guy was the next coming of Raven for me. So uh, really dug it. And that's what I was gonna ask you, man. Like let's let's take it back even further uh, to Bray Wyatt coming into WWE. We didn't really yeah. we didn't really touch on it uh, much on on the last episode, but yeah, what what were your thoughts of the Bray Wyatt character and the Wyatt family coming in and all their supernatural stuff? I loved it from the second I saw it on NXT. I was just captivated. Again, like I said, there hadn't been a Raven-like character in a long time. I know Vince wasn't a big fan of the Raven character and stuff like that. And, and you just hadn't seen somebody that spoke in riddles and rhymes and had that spookiness and that aura about him, like almost like Taker did too, you know? And again, having the... the um, I was a huge fan of Edgar Allan Poe. And the way this guy talked was kind of like Poe-esque, you know? And so... Uh, it was just very – I was just very drawn to him, and he captivated me. He didn't have to wrestle a match, but I was captivated by the old-school promo used to be, you know? Um, and I thought, this guy gets it, man. He knows what he's doing. He's got all the character work down, which is something you and I have been talking about for the last, I don't know, 100 episodes is that, like, a lot of these guys are just – their name is Charlie Haas. Their name is Shelton Benjamin. They're, they can go in the ring, but there's no character. And so this guy brought the whole package, you know? And so I think to me, he was like, this is going to be the new Undertaker. This is going to be a new – big name face guy and uh you know it was obvious with the Wyatt family he was the star and he was just going to bring those other guys up you know so I thought future main event or future hall of famer just from the second I laid eyes on him man what about you yeah like this guy coming in he felt to me the most like the Undertaker type of character yep. that we had seen in so long and not just the idea of the character and you know all the freaky jump cuts and you know yeah. sound effects and special effects and promos and all that sort of stuff but the way bray wyatt carried himself uh, yeah. in the ring outside the ring the way he did promos uh, and they gave them all this special stuff you know the special entrance and yeah you know 
appearing out of the out of the blue and disappearing and all that sort of stuff they gave him all the smoke and mirrors to get over so it felt like they really believed that they had something special here so i i remember from him debuting thinking wow i i hope we get to see him and undertaker mm -hmm. do something it just feels like they're destined to have a really cool storyline together yeah no i agree wholeheartedly he was uh he had all of it and i don't know why it took so long to get him up there, it's kind of the story of Bray Wyatt, you know. He's uh, he gets it going, and then he gets the rug pulled out from exactly. under, him and then he gets going. But for some reason, he still is able to turn it around, man, and like get you captivated again. I don't everything he does, he does so well, which is very reminiscent of Taker too. Whether Taker's given the ministry, or whether he's given come out in your sweatpants and cut a quote unquote shoot promo, or whether he's given you know drag Hulk Hogan down the hallway on a like. <laughs> Taker was all in, you know, that's one thing we talk about. He's all in on it. He makes you believe it. And like Bray's the same way, whether he's tagging with Matt Hardy or, you know, ripping sheet mask off of Eric Rowan, who sucks at life um, as a wrestler, you know, uh, like, it just it, whatever he's doing, it's it's great. You know, at the Firefly Funhouse, I still love it. It's just everything he's do he does is, is, is gold. He's all in for it. Well, he has this feud with the undertaker that's brewing now although at the time we don't know exactly who it is right. that he's feuding with it's very vague um it's building to something it's building some tension it's a tease and the next week on raw on february 9th 2015 we get another tease after um you know, talk about guys had the rug pulled out from under him a million times uh bray <laughs> defeats dolph ziggler yeah. again two weeks in a row now clean <laughs> just two clean wins for no reason uh, and then later on, we get another creepy cut-in promo from Bray Wyatt backstage, and he's talking in, in riddles and nonsense and stuff, saying, from the dawn of existence, mankind has struggled to answer one question. Where do we go when we die? And a man of science would have you think you become one with the earth. A man of faith views things from a different existence, but... What about those like you and I? So he's talking to someone, to some mysterious right. man. He says, for us, there is no death. The world is our hell. We don't belong here. This world is our hell. We don't belong here. I know you could hear me. But now my eyes are wide open and I don't fear you anymore. I pity you. It's time for you to go home. So that's the thing that Bray's doing throughout all these promos. He keeps asking this mystery man to find him. Yep, exactly. Um, well, that's going to lead us to the next week. Uh, uh, Raw It's going to be February 16th, 2015. We get another promo on the Tron from, from Bray again. This is a, we got, it's, it's a real close-up of him spinning like a, a nail through his fingers. And he says that, um, you know, what happened to you was a tragedy. And it still stirs a rage deep down inside of me, and it makes me want to do horrible, horrible things. But now you are an empty shell, and any fear that I once had of you has turned into nothing more than putrid, hateful pity. And he says, it's coming. Later on, we get another backstage vignette, and he says, his hands may have created this world, but mine will destroy it. Limbo is no place for a soul like yours. And he says, I'm waiting for you. And at this point, he holds up a hammer during his promo. So we're getting... Uh, you know, leading to something here. And then the last promo we get 
is kind it's of not, you, it's not the uh, giant hammer that he used as the fiend, right? It's no, not. no, it's not the Harley Quinn hammer. No, okay, he has as the fiend. No, no. <laughs> it's uh, a little more reminiscent of uh, as you put in your notes here, as uh, you know, uh, 1992-ish uh, Undertaker era. You know, we got those vignettes. We used to have Paul Bearer backstage. You know, and Taker was hammering the the coffin with Kamala and all that stuff. So we're getting a close up of Bray hammering. Uh, hammering wood into the into the or hammering nail into the wood rather and he says what shakes the heart of a man that can never truly die the answer is the creature that lives behind my eyes the angel with burnt wings cometh it's time find me and he yells it and he hammers some more and he looks at the camera and says or i'll find you which so again now he's kind of getting tired of this mystery man not coming after him so he's threatening to come and basically make the first uh make the first play i guess so well, that takes us to Fast Lane, February twenty second, two thousand fifteen. Oh yeah, the uh, always thrilling February pay per view in WWE history. <laughs> this show is like yeah. a clash of the champions, man. There's like two long promo segments on this quote unquote pay per view. Yeah, it's basically an episode of Raw or SmackDown. Yes. But this main event is phenomenal with Brian and uh, Roman. Great yeah, match. No, it's good. Great it's match. good. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. It's basically just another episode of TV. You know, it's just, yeah. It doesn't yeah. mean anything. Yeah, uh, exactly. And the Undertaker has not appeared at Fast Lane, but we are going to hear his music here for the first time since WrestleMania 30. In the middle of this Fast Lane pay per view, the lights go out. We hear the Latin chanting, and a group of druids come out carrying the flaming torches as JBL says, "It's him!" And then the gong hits, and King screams, "Oh my god!" Like only the king can do. Yeah. And <laughs> Taker's music starts playing, and some more druids roll this black casket out to the ring. And they prop it up beside the ring and open it up. But it's not him. It's not the Undertaker. It's Bray Wyatt who sits up out of the casket with that creepy smile on his face. Bray pulls a microphone out, and he delivers this promo while sitting up in the casket, which was a wonderful touch. I love that. Yeah. So oh, cool. Yeah. So unique. He says there's a wicked feeling in the air tonight, and he'll never forget the first time he saw him. He made him tremble. His eyes were so cold. Behind them were nothing but darkness, but now he has become just like everyone else. Weak and broken, just a shell of what he once was. His obsession with sympathy has turned a monster into a mere mortal. So he's playing into you know the last few years of the Undertaker's streak and the, the mm -hmm. sympathy that he showed to Triple H and to Shawn Michaels and the the humanity that we get to see of Undertaker and how it's made him weak. So it's sort of a continuation of of all yeah. this storytelling throughout the years. Bray says. His soul is lost, stuck in limbo between your world and ours, and I think it's time for him to go home. My mission is clear. I know you can hear me. I know that you are listening. And I want you to know that I don't fear you anymore. Because I am pain. I am suffering. I am Play Wyatt, the new face of fear. And at WrestleMania, I will claim the soul of the Undertaker. Yeah! 
And then Bray lays back down. He crosses his arms and lays back down in the casket as the druids close the lid and they wheel him out uh, as awesome. as Bray's, or actually as the Latin chanting plays in the background yeah. as he gets carried out. So uh, really, really phenomenal job from Bray and from the production. Uh, I thought the promo itself was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, just reading it back now, I wonder if Bray didn't like write that himself and was actually talking about being a kid backstage and yeah. seeing the undertaker or being a fan, you know, when, Seriously, when IRS yeah. brings him to the shows and uh, never forgetting the first time he saw him and his eyes were so cold. Like, I, I think he might be telling the truth. He could be man. Cause yeah, he's, <laughs> he's that other generation, uh, third generation, second, gen- he'd be third, third generation, third generation. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. um, yeah, he'd been in the business for a while. So, yeah, he could have been talking from, you know, mole baby husky. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, you know, they're, they're doing all these kickoff panels during the network era of these shows. So during the pay-per-view, they'll cut back to the kickoff panel. We got Renee Young, Corey Graves, Booker T, and Byron Saxton, and they are just all in shock at what just happened. Um, I wrote Braxton on my notes. I don't know why I wrote Braxton. <laughs> Byron Saxton. I just wrote Braxton. Like Tony Braxton. I don't know. Who cares? Who cares? Kids Square, Benny. Kids Square. Uh, anyway, go ahead. Well, they just basically talk about Corey says Bray Wyatt is out of his mind for calling down the lightning like that. Uh, Braxton Saxton says that was just, he just opened the biggest Pandora's box in WWE history. And Booker T says, Bray just pulled the biggest card in the deck, and he hopes uh, Bray thinks twice about calling out The Undertaker. I thought I was going to say punk card. You know he wanted to. I wish, man. You know he wanted to say punk card. He's like, he just pulled the biggest He just pulled the dead card. man's punk card. Play <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I mean, great. Dude, you said Braxton Saxon. That sounds like an NXT name right now. Like, Easily. That guy would be on NXT today. Without question. <laughs> NXT UK. Braxton Saxton. So, oh, anyway. Sax man. Some- <laughs> saxophone <laughs> so well um that's gonna take us so now we know he's a t- he's calling out taker now it's official we know what, what's going on he's actually made the first move so and taker that's exciting him. you know yeah like, it is what is the Undertaker gonna look like how 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 is he gonna fare what is it gonna be like hey, coming back in a post streak world and exactly. against a guy like bray wyatt that's cool i'm here yeah, for it, it is man absolutely so the next time on a raw we get February 23rd, 2015, after a recap of the last night, uh, we see uh, uh, the close-up backstage of these roses just laying on an empty casket. And Bray is basically addressing whatever's inside the casket. He's looking in at the head where, where it's open, and it's a smoke-filled room, and he's talking to it, and he says, you know, what do you see when you close your eyes? You know, maybe it's the number 21 and 1. Uh, you know, if our existence is defined by moments, then that moment signaled the end of yours. The Undertaker is reduced to a pile of broken bones and broken dreams on the grandest stage of them all. And he says the evil exists inside of him now. And at WrestleMania, he's going to finish the job. And he knows that, or excuse me, he's, he's going to finish the job since Taker's been in limbo ever since. And he says, I know that you're afraid, but there's no place to hide. Find me. And he slams the casket. So, again, still taunting Taker, still being pretty relentless in his taunting of Taker. And as you'll hear as we go on this episode, Bray Wyatt he is left to carry this feud 100% on his back. And so, uh, you know, like it or not, uh, you got to give credit to Bray for what he does here over the next few weeks, because it's 
100% him delivering promos here. Undertaker, spoiler alert, he didn't show up, like we said, till WrestleMania. So you're going to hear us covering about four more weeks of Bray Wyatt promos. And, I mean, <laughs> you, you can like Bray Wyatt's promos or not, but you can't say that he's not good at what he does. You know, it may not be your right. cup of tea. It may not be your style. But, I mean, it, it's pretty captivating when he comes on screen, uh, no sure. matter what. So he comes out on March 2nd, 2015, and, you know, it's old school Bray. He's carrying the lantern out, and he stands next to a wooden casket, uh, perhaps the one he was building a few weeks ago backstage. He says the wicked feeling is in the air. He wonders what is truly left of the mighty Undertaker. Is he still capable of striking fear in the hearts of man? Or have the hands of time ripped him apart? Bray says he thinks he has something the Undertaker might like, saying he built this casket just for him. But the Undertaker is not out to appreciate him. Instead, he mocks him with silence. Bray says he understands the apprehension, but Undertaker needs to understand that everything comes with a price. And then Bray pulls out a can of gasoline and said he's always had a fascination with fire. Fire has no prejudice. It has no feelings. Fire just has this urge to destroy anything and everything that is in its path. Just like me. Just like me. Pours the gasoline all over it and says he would walk through the fires of hell to see Undertaker's face. And where he comes from, everything burns. And at WrestleMania, the dead man will burn too. Uh, JBL wonders on commentary if the Undertaker is in that casket right now, which is idiotic. No, stupid. <laughs> yeah. Moron. And uh, oh, Bray man. lights the casket on fire, screams, find me. And uh, we cut to commercial break. Yeah. Well, again, so I, this particular promo right here, so we talk about Bray and his captivating, how I was drawn to this character. Again, everybody listens to this show knows I'm a huge Batman, Mark. Um, so, and we've talked about how Taker's kind of like Batman. Well, this is a perfect Joker for him. You know, we talked about how Edge kind of embodied that. Well, this guy's got even a little extra, extra crazy in him, you know, and he's, he's just out there. You never know what he's talking about. And this whole promo here about fire and fire burning, everything burns. That's all. That's that's a quote from the dark Knight. you know, you know, he says everything burns. He lights the whole lights, all that money on fire that he, you know, that the Joker gets and stuff. So it just, to me, I was drawn to this as well. Just being like the Batman mark that I am, you know, anytime I can see a parallel between that and wrestling, I absolutely love it. So this particular promo right here, more than any of it was like, had me excited back then, you know, and even now rewatching it, just kind of like, Oh yeah, I'm seeing a little bit of Joker Batman here going on. So oh, yeah. anyway, well, uh, Speaking of more promos, that's going to take us to next week because, like you said, Bray's kind of carrying this uh, single-handedly. So we um, see another backstage promo, and Bray says that WrestleMania is almost here and the Reaper awaits, and the camera cuts back to see Wyatt staring at the urn. So, And uh, he says, tonight, find me. Later on, we get another one of uh, Bray staring at the urn, and he says, tonight, uh, or he says, I've walked through the fires of hell, but I can't wait much longer, and tonight I will raise the dead. Find me. Finally, we get Bray coming out to the ring. His music's playing, and again, the arena. He's got he's got his fans. You know, the the fans in the arena oh, watch yeah. turn their cell phone lights on and be the fireflies and all that stuff. And it's a great gimmick. 
It really is, man. It's great. And even his little nameplate that comes up on the bottom of the screen is Bray Wyatt and like little fireflies. It's really, really cool. How again, we you talked about a few minutes ago, them adding that whole production to you know his whole character. Again, who else got all that? The Undertaker did. You know, so he could have easily fit the same role in the Taker did. But, but the um, cool part of that, the fireflies, that was organic. Exactly. Like, no, it, no one yeah. told them to turn nope. their phones on and do that, but it got over. And that was mm-hmm. one of those things like the yes chant. Like uh-huh. you went to shows back then. You couldn't wait to pull to, your phone yeah. out <laughs> and be a part of that. Exactly. So Bray uh, comes in the ring and he's, he starts talking. He says, you know what? <clears throat> I'm, I never sleep, but I'm always dreaming. And he says, you know, I see things and see the world for what it should be. I see cities burning and governments crumbling and everything laid to ruin, but there's beauty in the chaos and the buzzards, they guide me. When I finally reached him, below the buzzards lay the shell of a man, the mighty undertaker. Can't you see? It was always about you, dead man. He says that my favorite sin is pride, and it was pride that cast me down and led me to you. Who else said that? Somebody else said that in a promo. Kate. When they, That's when right. Beating yeah, yeah, Taker yeah. three three pay per views in a row. Yeah, his favorite sin was also pride. So. I didn't know so many people had favorite sins. <laughs> yeah, I I don't. So, <laughs> I don't know, but um, no, no, man, that's weird. Yeah, I'd probably go with gluttony over pride, man. <laughs> yeah, I, probably. So, so, yeah. I'd rather do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it's only in wrestling do you have a favorite sin. So. <laughs> um. Yeah, his favorite sin is pride, and he says it was pride that cast me down and led me to you, Undertaker. And he says, you know, I won't, I won't worship you, and I'm not going to stand by your side. Uh, he says, I want to walk over your broken bones as I ascend to my throne. I'm not your redemption because I'm the new face of fear. People used to fear you. They knew the streak was going to end one day, and at WrestleMania, this will be your resurrection and your final resting place. You know. Uh, he says, you taught me uh, without coming out and you don't answer me. He says, where are you? Where are you? And he points to the urn. He says, is this how I bring you back? Is all your power locked inside of this jar? And he slowly starts to open the urn and look inside. And he kind of looks at it like he's like he's amazed at what he's seeing. And then he starts laughing. You know, he's been he's just playing. He's not intimidated. You know, he's 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 not going to gawk at the Undertaker's power because it's just empty and shallow and hollow, just like he is, he says. As he starts to say that this urn is empty and hollow and shallow suddenly the urn begins to smoke the lights flicker the lightning crashes and then bray is just on another level here he's like jacked up he's like oh yeah it's coming it's coming again we go back to the dark night when joker's Mm. standing there in Mm. in the in the streets of chicago well gotham and he's like hit me hit me like it's that that same intensity where batman's driving at him he wants him to hit him like that's the same stuff that bray's channeling here he's like give it to me come on where are you the gong hits, the crowd pops. The gong hits again. The crowd's all for it, thinking Taker's coming out here, you know. And then the spotlight shines in the ring, and everything is gone now. But Bray's chair is in there. His rocking chair is sitting there. And then we hear Taker's voice over the PA system, and he says, And then the man comes around, shows on the, the Titantron under the WrestleMania play symbol. So those of you who don't know, the man comes around is a Johnny Cash song. So we're continuing that theme of Johnny Cash songs at WrestleMania. So, And then lightning strikes the chair, and it goes up in flames. So he's 
Taker's playing games with fire just like Bray did last week. I love the the symmetry there. And uh, Bray's laughing. He's cackling in the corner on his knees because, again, Taker has answered his challenge. And Bray loves it because he's finally getting what he's been pining for for the last month and a half. You know, So I enjoyed this whole exchange. I really, really dug it. Oh, my gosh. Yes. It, it, it's what we were... We're all waiting for. It's like you knew it was going to happen at some point. Exactly. It's so paint by numbers, Undertaker. Yeah. But guess what? That's what we want to see, man. That's yeah. what we want to see with the Undertaker. We want to see the mind games. Uh, I love the touch of making the the rocking chair explode, mm-hmm. and hit, striking that with lightning, and striking down that that symbolism from Bray Wyatt's past. Yeah. Uh, just a fantastic touch here. I, I mean. And awesome special effects. Like, mm-hmm. I don't really know how they did it, but uh, it, it looked no really idea. cool, man. Yeah. So we get a big video recap of that the next week on March 16th. And then we see Bray Wyatt backstage, and he's talking to a fancy new urn. This one's red and gold. And Bray says, memory is such a treasure. And he remembers the first time he ever saw it, his sister Abigail sitting in that old rocking chair. She was so beautiful, not just her appearance, but the way she spoke. She told him about all the lies of this world. She told him about people like The Undertaker. And Bray says last week, The Undertaker tried to use that memory against him. He tried to use that symbol to burn fear into his heart. But all he succeeded in doing was turning a chair into dust. Then Bray unscrews the top of the urn and pours out the ashes of the rocking chair. Which is a weird thing to say. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Only in wrestling. Does that make sense? (laughs) Bray kind of shakes the ashes out of his hand and says, everyone is asking what's even left of The Undertaker. And then we see clips of Undertaker laid out at WrestleMania 30. Bray says Undertaker is afraid to show his face because he knows in that moment at WrestleMania 30, the world's eyes were opened and he felt shame in his nakedness. A little biblical reference mm-hmm. there. You know, Bray's always kind of like a mad preacher. Uh, mm-hmm. so he's definitely using some biblical allegories here. Bray says WrestleMania will be his requiem and his final resting place. And Abigail will be so proud of him when he defeats the Undertaker and takes his rightful place amongst the gods. Bray says after WrestleMania, no one will be safe. And uh, I'm just thankful that Bray did not come out as sister abigail for this match with the undertaker we didn't uh didn't get the sister abigail match <laughs> that we still have not gotten oh no thank god <laughs> against uh, pumpkin finn balor yeah oh pumpkin head <laughs> <laughs> oh well man this uh, this promo right here sold me on the fact that I thought this was Bray's year to win. Mm. I thought that last comment, I know a heel can lie. They can promise stuff in a promo and then lose and it's okay. But I really thought, like, that's one thing Bret Hart talks about. He said, I never, I would never promise when he was a babyface, I never yeah. promised I was going to win. Yeah. Because if I lost, I'm a liar and the fans can't cheer for a liar. So, uh, uh, but a heel can do that. But here when he said, you know, after WrestleMania, no one's safe, behold the new face of fear. I was like, as a fan in 2015, I was like, okay. He took the big loss to Cena last year. Again, great spot to be in. Your first WrestleMania, you're fighting against Cena. You lose. Did it suck as a fan? Yeah, I thought he should have won. You know, why not? Cena's got, Cena's, he's bulletproof. He can lose every match he wants to and still be John Cena. But, okay, we're going to correct that the next year. Taker's streak is over. The bloom's off the rose. There's no more mystique about it. 
Taker doesn't need a win. Right, Let's exactly. let Bray defeat him and then be the new face of fear, be the new Undertaker, see what happens, see where he goes from there, because Taker can move on to whatever's next, if there is next. Again, we didn't know at the time that this was a one and done or not, so um, we were shocked he's even come back at all. So, you know, I thought, why not pass the torch or whatever to Bray, but um, uh, I don't know. I just thought this was going to be his year to win it, you know. But again, if you're going to lose, I guess, two consecutive manias, you're losing the scene in Taker, that's fine, but still, I just really thought Bray was going to have this, and we'll get more into that as we get into the match here after yeah. this next week's Raw. But could have had anyway. could have been so much more. Yeah, well, it takes it to the Go Home Raw. This is March twenty third, so Go Home Raw for WrestleMania play. Uh, is that what it's called? WrestleMania I believe so. It's WrestleMania just, play symbol. Yeah, just push play. Yeah. Uh, is that the? Uh, isn't that a Aerosmith? Of CD? course. Yeah, I just believe it is, just right? Push yeah. Play. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, Bray is uh, going to enter uh, with his lantern, you know, and commentary and talking about how he's provoked Taker into coming back after his loss last year. And uh, Bray gets in the ring. He says, you know, why do you people hide from the truth? Is it because you're afraid? He says, you know, I understand that reality can be a difficult pill to swallow, but each of you are guilty. You hate the person you become. You hate your jobs. You hate your reflection. And you cover all of it up with lies. Because you're all liars. He says that, you know, I'm different. I'm not a liar. I always tell the truth. The Undertaker, he's a liar. He's trying to deny the fact that he lost last year. Uh, and then Brace says, you know, I've, I've been sent to take the Undertaker back to the other side. And at this point, crowd is chanting for Undertaker. They think mm -hmm. that he's coming back. It's the it's six days before Mania. Surely we're going to see him here. Right. He's, you know, he's, he's shown up, you know, uh, supernaturally so far, but not in, in, in person so at this point uh again he says you know luckily the angel with the burnt wings is, is here to take you back and then we hear some thunder and see some lightning and bray is laughing and screaming can you feel it can you feel it he's just kind of reveling in all this stuff and um he says you know i control the light and the darkness and these demons they all march to my command I am the judge. I judge the dead. I judge the living. And Undertaker, I have judged you. You are guilty. At WrestleMania, there will be no redemption. There will be no shield for you to be carried out on. The only thing you will receive is your fate sealed by Sister Abigail's kiss. And then, against your will and against everything that you stand for, I will take my rightful place among the gods as the new face of fear. At WrestleMania, you get the mercy that you so desperately have been begging for. At WrestleMania, Undertaker, you can finally rest in peace. And then he does the Shakespeare pose, or Hamlet pose, as we talked about the other week with <laughs> Randy Turco. And we hear the, loud, the, the lightning kind of getting louder and louder. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of how it goes. It kind of rattles the whole arena there, and uh, that's the end of it. There's no Undertaker sighting, no Undertaker promo, no vignette backstage, no 
I see you, I found you, I'm coming, nothing. It's just that. But um, again, Bray's carrying this. But um, we got the commercial, and immediately we come back, and Michelle Beadle is in the, uh, <laughs> is in the, the uh, arena with uh, Undertaker shirt on, which is actually the Batman Undertaker. <laughs> Symbol. Do you remember that Batman show? Oh, like yeah, yeah, Batman yeah, 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 yeah. We'll That's put it cool. on social media, but yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> this, they were in L.A. It's so like Rick Rubin was there and other people, but like they cut to Michelle Beadle, and she has like the, the Undertaker uh, Batman shirt on, so it's pretty you cool. You need that. That If I had a wrestling that's the one wrestling shirt I would love to have. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I don't own any besides Saga Taker shirts, but uh, if I had the one wrestling shirt, I would take that. Well... That pretty much takes us into WrestleMania. Uh, Bray Wyatt is on the SmackDown right before WrestleMania. Uh, it's but he's he's just in an eight man tag uh, with uh, he's with Kane, Big Show, and Seth Rollins. I guess John Cena, Roman Reigns, Mark Henry, and Daniel Bryan. Uh, it, it doesn't really mean anything um, ultimately. And, and Bray Wyatt, he uh, he doesn't even factor into the finish really. And so right. it's it's just a thing uh, on this episode of SmackDown. <laughs> Uh, so we'll skip that and just head to March 29th, 2015, WrestleMania play symbol slash WrestleMania 31 <laughs> from the brand new at the time Levi's Stadium in Santa Clara, California. Uh, and I really think this is an underrated WrestleMania. Man. It's a mm -hmm. really fun one, uh, in my opinion. Uh, I don't think people talk about it that much. Uh, I personally love the outdoor in the daytime setting. I know it's rare, and I know uh, a lot of the you know people in WWE don't necessarily like it, and, and a lot of fans don't like it. They think it looks weird. I think it's cool and, and different. I'm always a fan of different when, when it comes to visuals in wrestling. So I'm here for the the daylight uh, wrestling in the outdoors, uh, even though it, it does affect the Undertaker's entrance, of course. Yeah, that's my only. Like, I I dug the outdoor feel again during the day, like you said. But my only thing was as the daylight was fading, I was like, uh, you know, I want. We know we're seeing Sting, we know we're seeing Taker, and we know we're seeing Bray. I don't want to see any of those three entrances in the daylight. And Sting's like the second match on the card, isn't he? I think. And uh, second or third, yeah. second or third, and then like Bray and Taker are next to last. But like the sun's going down ish, but still it's daylight. So. That took away a little bit from the entrance to me, but I, other than that, I really dug the outdoor feel. And again, uh, it was, uh, I don't know, it was just fun. It's, it's crazy. Like I said, this this WrestleMania on paper, uh, I think it outkicks its coverage. It's much better spectacle than it was on paper. Because even like, I mean, that great, the finish to the Orton and uh, Rollins match. Oh yeah, phenomenal, dude. Fantastic. Then, That's the best RKO ever. That yeah, it's it's insane. That's my favorite. Man. Yeah, it's that and the Evan Moore one, my two favorites, man. Yeah. This is great, but um, that's great. I I dig Sting and Triple H. I I mean, yeah, should Sting have won his first Mania? Probably, but it is what it is, man. I, and uh, it was people fun. crap on that. Yeah, it, it's fun, man. I, I, I love the uh, the Monday Night War. Yes, yeah. NWO DI. Like watching it back, watching it live, I popped so huge. Oh golly, when, yeah. Uh, DX came out and NWO came yes. out and uh, they're taking bumps on the outside. Man, I dug it, dude. And Kevin Nash even like feigned the quality. Yes, I remember it was awesome, <laughs> dude. Yeah, so good. Oh, yeah, it was man. just fun, man. This, this, and then Rusev comes out on a tank. Rusev on a tank. Me? Yeah. Seth cashing in money in the bank. It's exactly. like that's an all-time WrestleMania moment. I know that people were crapping on Roman, but like I was digging him and Brock. I, was, I love that. That was match. a good match. match was it was brutal. Physical as heck. 
you know, Brock, Brock gets busted open hard way on the the post, and you know, Ro- you can tell Roman's getting the crap right out of him. And he's just laughing like for a shoot, like this really hurts. So yeah, I just I, I dig it, man. And then this match, we'll get to it in just a second here, but um, yeah, I think this uh, WrestleMania is is overlooked as well, you know. Well, this was my first WrestleMania as a married man. I just talked about that. Yeah. And uh, I also meant uh, I was watching the show by myself in our new city in Atlanta uh, in our apartment. And uh, my wife, she actually had rehearsal for a show she was in. And she did make it home for like right at the beginning of this match. And as she ended up, she actually, she was watching part of the show on her iPad while she was in rehearsal uh, and oh, like, wow. texting me because she knew like I was kind of sad because I didn't have anybody yeah. to watch it with in my new city. So, you know, she was texting me. Like I said, she's a, she's a great wife. And uh, she, and she watched, she hated Bray Wyatt. She thought he was so gross and creepy. Uh, and I remember she loved the spot that we'll talk about here. This yeah. match with Aaron Taker sit up. Uh, I remember she popped real huge for that and uh, enjoyed seeing Bray Wyatt uh, get his comeuppance here. Well, this was my first WrestleMania at the children's home. We worked at the children's home, and so I got to watch this with eight uh, middle to high school uh, troubled youth <laughs> boys. Perfect. So. It was uh, good. It's what we used to bond over wrestling. It wasn't really allowed that much. My boss let me watch wrestling with the kids, but because uh, it was PG, I could get away with it. But um, this was their, a lot of their first WrestleMania they'd ever seen. So pretty cool, cool. special memory. Uh, they didn't get to watch the whole thing. We finished the next day. I watched the whole thing, of course, but because um, I was the house dad, so I got to watch the whole thing. But anyway, <laughs> we finished the next day, and but they really dug uh, all the big stuff, and especially this match too. And uh, they were fans of Bray and, and fans of Taker, obviously. But yeah, cool stuff. So yeah, we were both in our new town at the time, so That's I was right. in Southwest Virginia. Yeah, so well, this like you said, they do wait for second to last on the show yeah. to put this match on to try to get it as dark as possible. But sun, it's starting to set, but but not too much here. Uh, but we do get oh man, fantastic opening video package that is set to uh, one of my favorite Johnny Cash songs, "The Man Comes Around." It's just perfect. For this package, it's perfect for Undertaker. It fits. Um, it's got Johnny Cash reciting uh, verses from the Book of Revelation. That's part of the song, and then it just it works for part of the package too. Mm-hmm. And then the it, it's all these clips of Undertaker throughout his career, and then the video becomes distorted and gets all with this sad other music playing. With when the streak ends, it, it transitions to this. Uh, Jim Johnston original song uh, called And Then There Was Darkness and it's you know all the Bray Wyatt footage from over the past few weeks and all the taunts and teases just a great video package it, it, you know it's it, it always is it's always phenomenal oh yeah it's great man and again Johnny Cash is completely intact here how come he couldn't well, be wrestling 27 he'd been dead for like 11 years he was not intact no, he was not intact <laughs> excuse me <laughs> his song is completely okay. intact on the network but it wasn't at wrestling 27 I don't get it dude that's like, I true I didn't I don't even know. think of that that was the first thing I thought of I was like oh, man. they're playing when the man comes around but we didn't get it on the network at 27 <laughs> like, why can't we have that so Maybe well, it's because maybe because this played on the network. Just about to you say know, that. yep. They probably had some streaming rights to it, whereas the Wrestling Twenty Seven is a you know they had to, it's it, it was on pay per view and now yeah. they had to put it on the network. So that must be why. But that other song, that Jim Johnson original, is pretty cool, man. I, it's a mm-hmm. good wrestling song. It fits in, but I had to do some research to find out what it was called. 
But when you said the opening video, I thought you meant the one from LL Cool J at the beginning mm. of the night, dude, where he takes a muscle-bound man and rocks his face in the sand like You're Undertaker right. used to quote back in the day. So His, his yeah, favorite no. rapper. Undertaker's favorite rapper is on the show at the beginning, so I thought you meant that. But that was a cool video as well. But, yeah, this one is just great God. like it always is. What if Cool J had rapped Taker out to the ring, man? Oh, my goodness. That would have been um, – why not? Just why not? Like, why not? You know, so – um, but man, this, uh, Bray makes his entrance. And I remember, you know, think, you know, freaking Rusev got a tank. What's Bray going to get? You know, Sting got, oh man, that was a weird entrance with the Sting Japanese like weird. drums and stuff, you know, uh, but still it was big. Triple H is the, the Arnold Schwarzenegger. The Terminator. Yeah. Huge, <laughs> like big entrance. We got DX, we got NWO. I was like, what is Bray going to get? What's Taker going to get? And Bray gets a kind of neat one i think a lot of people crapped on it back then i remember but to me i dug it again sorry but i'm gonna dig into the batman well again here so brace music hits and he comes out he's got his lantern smoking and the camera's real tight on him real tight on on his actual body when you walk out it's not a wide shot of him coming out and we see why because as he starts to walk he's walking past some scarecrows on stage and they begin to come alive. Like, he animates them as he walks past them, basically. And they start walking with their best, like, Walking Dead-esque, you know, uh, zombie walks. Mm-hmm. But um, and a couple of them, he walks by, he, like, touches them on the head. Like, he's some kind of televangelist or something, gives them life. And, um, you know, he said he's going to raise the dead in that promo. And so um, that's, to me, is what he's doing here. But I, um, again, I dig it because I love Batman. I love the Scarecrow, the... the uh, as as a villain, and again, I'm looking at him as a Joker and the Scarecrow as a you know compatriot for him, like or not a compatriot, uh, a cohort for him, you know, going against the, the Dead Man and Batman. So I really really dug this entrance, and uh, I, I wonder what guys were under the Scarecrow outfit. Yeah, you know? that's what I would have like. Known. Yeah, like was it like um, who'd have been back then? I don't know, Neville or like <laughs> Bo Dallas. <laughs> Definitely um, Bo Dallas. Yeah, sure. <laughs> probably for his brother. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. So Curtis Axel. Yeah. Yeah, Curtis Axel. Although he was on the – well, he probably went on the show. He was still undefeated – or he still had been eliminated from the rest from the Royal Rumble. <laughs> That's right. So, but, yeah, I wonder what guys were underneath there. Probably um, Alexander Wolf or some of those guys from, like, uh, that yeah, era. Enzo. So. Enzo and Cass, maybe. Probably, yeah. So, But anyway, <laughs> was, what did you think of this entrance? Did you, did you like it? it or, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it was perfect. You know, perfectly creepy. And, yeah, uh, it's creepy. Last year, Bray had, his, had the uh, band – play his song yeah. live uh but but this was still cool something a little bit a little extra touch as he makes his way into the ring and um his future baby mama jojo introduces him in the <laughs> ring that's always yeah, weird she does. Yeah. <laughs> she's the ring yeah. announcer here that's and true. then uh bray blows out his lantern which I, I just have to talk about my bray wyatt pet peeve he doesn't actually do it during this show but i always hated how he used to start his entrance backstage. He would light his lantern and then say, "What it, Los Angeles, we're here. And then blow his lantern out and then walk into the arena with the lantern on. Like, yeah. That always bugged me. Like, yeah. why did you just blow your lantern out if you're going to relight it to go back out into the arena? And then when you blow it out, it's clearly an electric lantern. <laughs> like, yeah. It's obvious you're not blowing anything out. It's cool, but also stupid. Yeah. <laughs> just, uh, uh, thank you for letting me get that off my chest. It's oh, always no bugs problem. me. 
been there for seven years. For, forever, but, bitch. Yeah. It's almost like he should have done the backstage thing and said, we're here, and then lit the torch, you know, lit exactly. the lantern. Exactly. Then brought it out, then blow it out when he gets in the ring. Bingo. So, yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> Too late. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, Taker makes Bray wait as he used, tends to do at WrestleMania. Again, we don't know, is he going to be there? Is he not? We haven't seen him physically in a year. So um, Bray is just pacing around Tawny Taker, just screaming like, you know, like he's, he's ready to go. Where are you? Where are you? Then this, the gong hits and the smoke comes up and um, we uh, see Taker make his entrance. And uh, he's making his entrance. And as you put in your in your notes here, this is just a handful of times we've seen him make his entrance on pay-per-view outside, you know. Um, and even, even you know, tribute to the troop shows, he was outside a time or two. But, yeah, we haven't seen many of these uh, in his 20, what, five-year history at this point or whatever? As far as coming out in in sunlight. I mean, right, I can pretty yeah, much only think of WrestleMania 9 and then those – uh, shows in Iraq and Afghanistan, uh, the tribute to the troops shows. This is probably only the third or fourth time yeah. we've ever seen that. So it's certainly unique. Um, I I don't hate it. Like I like I said, I like anything that's different, and um, I think it's fine. Like he's still got the smoke, he's still got the flames, and uh, it's cool. Uh, it, it's it's unique. Yeah, it is, man. It is, and it does set it apart from the last few years, you know. So um, he finally makes his way out uh, behind the the curtain and uh the big play button on this on the stage is kind of it's a, it's like one of those tron video things and it's covered in smoke and fire and i, I just kind of like the mm-hmm. the how they just really set him apart from everybody else just giving him different i think it's like it's like a big cemetery gate almost like like an iron gate and it opens and then taker walks out from behind it's kind of neat so and then um taker's got he's got a throwback to like uh, a little bit a few years earlier, maybe back in like 2003 or four, he's got the black trench coat, a wide brim hat, the spandex top though now, and leather pants. So we hadn't seen that in a little while. So yeah, this is like the pants and the belt, and not the full yeah. bodysuit that he's been yeah. doing really uh, for most of the time lately. So definitely a throwback to that. Yeah. Uh, and we have Cole and JBL and the King on commentary here, which we've had for the past couple years, and they're wondering. What Undertaker are we going to see here tonight? Mm-hmm. Is it the uh, gunslinger making his last stand or the gunslinger here to prove that he's still got it? JBL says that, and then Michael Cole says the exact same thing in different words and says, <laughs> is this the Undertaker wanting to end things on his terms or the Undertaker wanting to stage a full comeback? And I'm surprised JBL didn't slap him in the back of his head. Yeah. Right <laughs> he just said the exact same thing. Exactly. And then uh, JBL, of course, he's going to, He's playing to you, Travis. He, he asked if Bray yeah. wants to dance with the devil in the pale moonlight. Uh, yeah, well, he, I wish he said the pale moonlight, but yeah, I just had to think that. Yeah, he, he was a well, he wanted to dance with the devil. So again, I can't help myself with the Batman isms, man. It is, is what it is. So uh, take it or leave it. I'm going to take it. So uh, Taker comes out. He raises the lights that can be raised, you know, and the thunder cracks <laughs> and the crowd is just cheering. And Taker stares down Bray as he gets in the ring. Again, we haven't seen him in a year. We don't know what to expect. Just like Michael Cole and JBL say. And then he removes his hat. And, well, Bray. Bray has got just bug eyes. Yes. As he's staring yes. at Undertaker, which is probably half him playing his character and half right. him having the biggest match of his life here mm-hmm. in front of 75,000 people against The Undertaker, 
you know, he's less than two oh, years streak. into being. Well, yeah, I guess he was in NXT, but you know, basically, you know, he's still still very young in his career. He grew up watching this guy. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he just can't believe what he's where he is uh, who yeah, he's I mean, this guy staring across yeah. Yeah, yes yes yeah it's crazy yeah. yeah it is nuts man so yeah you're right it's probably part of it's a shoot part of it's a work you know as far as his bug-eyedness so uh bug-eyedness is that a thing I don't sure know. it is now it is now um well something else that's a thing is uh, man when taker takes his hat off dude he looks like tim allen to me dude this no, no <laughs> this is, he looks like yes. Frazier. He looks like Kelsey Grammer. He's the Frazier taker. A 90s dude. sitcom star. Is what he, he is. Looks like. <laughs> Basically. He's, uh, he's not his best look, man. No. <laughs> he's not. He's he's tried to grow his hair out in the past year. I don't know when he started, but not soon enough because it is. Um, January, I think, is when he started. Oh, man. It's. You know, he came back at WrestleMania 20. His hair was not quite long enough, but it hadn't. It also had not receded as much as it had in right. 2015. So it's really about the same length it was when he came back in 2004, but it just doesn't it doesn't go down his forehead as right. much as it did in 2004. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, it is. And again, this is the first time we've seen him. And King says that the Undertaker looks better than the last time we saw him. And JBL says, "Yeah, a lot better." Which again, that's something physically, you mentioned. Yeah, yeah he physically, physically he looks better. Yeah. Physically, looks like he's in better shape. He looks yeah. like he's doesn't look quite as old. Which again, you mentioned last week. This is the oldest he had looked when the streak got broken. Technically, he's older here, but he does look to be in better yeah. shape, I guess. You know, conditioning, and he doesn't have the faux hawk or anything. He's got the you know dad hair. So, but they just stare at each other. Uh, they got 90 sitcom hair, which I can't even believe that that's the thing. But he's exactly it is, what he man. Has. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Taker staring at Bray like he's staring at his brother Niles, and, and they back up <laughs> into the corners. And uh, Bray, uh, he's yelling at Taker, saying, I, I earned this. All of this is mine now. He's just talking trash at Undertaker, he's owning him. Uh, and he runs right at Taker, and Taker just boots him in the face before the <laughs> bell even rings. Uh, and then referee John Cone calls for the bell, and Undertaker, he starts delivering suit bones. He's been saving up for the past 365 days, man. He's oh, pulling yeah. them out of the pantry, tossing them at Bray Wyatt. Those things been marinating in a roux for Woo! the last year. Yeah, he's got them out. He's nailing Bray with him in the corner and immediately starts to work that left arm, man. And then JBL on commentary, again, I like when he's on commentary with Taker matches because he says, you know, it's kind of the same stuff he always says, but we see Taker so infrequently now that we don't hear it too much. But, you know, he says Taker was probably my greatest opponent and I probably worked him more than anybody ever, you know, and he's, and then uh, Taker goes for the old school and hits it on the first try right here at the beginning of the match and the crowd immediately is going, you still got it. You still got it, which again, oh, yeah. he's Undertaker. You don't need to chant that at him, but they're right. We hadn't seen him in a year. They didn't know if he had it or not. They chanted that earlier at Sting, too. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're a good crowd tonight. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's not the best crowd, but they're definitely into it uh, for this match and for the moments in it. Uh, so Undertaker hits that, uh, hits that old school, but Bray immediately gets up and hits a clothesline on Undertaker to yeah. retaliate. 
And then Bray hits another clothesline on Undertaker over the top rope. But some things never change, dude. Perfect 10 landing from the dead man. And oh, then yeah. he angrily pulls Bray out by his feet out of the ring and rams him. Uh, I put into the apron, but he actually rams him into the LED board that's on the side yeah. of the ring, which is new to us here on Talking Taker. That's a new addition uh, to the ring as they are trying to, you know, amp up the spectacle of all of this. Yeah, I forgot it was LED board at that point, but you're right. Yeah, that's new to us here on Talking Taker. So I think if you're granted nowadays, it's going to be there. But yeah, it didn't used to always be there. So yeah, he rams him into the LED board, puts Bray on the apron, starts hitting that apron offense, hits a leg drop. And then I love the way Bray sells it. He sells like Batista used to. When he mm. gets hit with the leg drop, he falls and collapses to the outside, which, again, I think other than Batista, he's the only person to really do that. So, And then they start battling on the outside, and you can see three of the four horsewomen from the UFC out yeah. there. Because yeah, Ronda's, Ronda's already had her little interaction with The Rock, and they went backstage. And yeah. uh, you got Marina Shafir and Jasmine Duke and Shayna Baszler right there in the front row. Um, and you can see, you know, they're big taker fans, you know, um, they're yeah. all these UFC women are. So I thought it was kind of neat little, neat little Easter egg. There that if you're paying cool. attention. I didn't, I didn't notice it, but uh, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, for sure. Well, Taker is rolling, man. He is uh, on fire, hits the splash in the corner. Snake Eyes goes for that big boot off Snake Eyes, but Bray comes flying at Taker, Sort of like a cross body. It's something Bray yeah. does. I don't know exactly what to call it. He just throws his whole body at Undertaker uh, <laughs> to take him down. And then and then the match slows down. Uh, Bray starts striking at Undertaker. Lots of punches. Lots of kicks. Lots of uppercuts to Undertaker. Bray really uh, brings the pace down here. Uh, and I, I read somewhere that he got hurt. Yeah, uh, I was going to say that. With Taker, you know, before the match or something like yep. that. Uh, and I didn't realize that watching it. I read it afterward. But now thinking back, this match made a little bit more sense because mm -hmm. it's, you know, Bray Wyatt's never been a, a five-star worker or anything like that. You know, he's more of a character, but he's he's not himself in this match. Yeah, I remember, I mentioned that earlier, I remember reading earlier in the day that he had gotten injured, kind of, I don't know if it was in a run-through or an entrance or something, but at some point in the day there, he had got injured his ankle, and so they were worried about what's going to happen to the match, is it going to be fine? Well, he came out, and you can't, if you're not watching, you, I mean, if you don't know that, you won't be able to notice, but once you know that, like you said, you go back and watch it, and you're like, huh, he's a little off a little a bit, but yeah, it turns into more of a big show match, honestly, with all the punching mm. and kicking <laughs> and chopping, and that's not a knock, it's just the the way it is you know but yeah he's definitely not the same bray wyatt that we're used to um but yeah that, that does explain it but i remember being worried on this day back in 2015 like oh no this match is gonna suck because he hurt his ankle and takers another year older and he looked yeah. kind of bad last year you know yeah. so i was a little worried but um lots more punches lots more uh, kicks taker starts jabbing back uh uh, Bray's hitting knees to Taker in the corner. He then hits his own like stinger splash in the corner and then covers Taker, but only gets a one count. So yes. Taker's not having it at the beginning. He's like, uh uh. Yeah. So. No, Bray uh, locks in. I don't even know what to call this. Yeah. It's sort of like a chin lock, maybe a sleeper. Uh, it's a weird thing that Bray locks in. Uh, on, on Taker here, the rest hold basically. Yeah. Uh, Taker gets back up to his feet, but Bray knocks him down. 
more strikes, Braves hitting some Brock Lesnar like elbows to the back yeah. of Undertaker's head, and then Bray takes a little breather and uh, <laughs> sits down in the corner like Raven. Yeah, he just goes and crouches <laughs> in the corner and kind of looks at you know what's going on, and Taker kind of slowly sits up and looks at him, and Bray just has this incredulous look on his face, like what do I have to do? Although he hasn't really done that much, you know. Um, then Bray drags Taker to the ring post, and he's standing on the outside, and then. This was kind of an awkward spot to me. I don't know if this was awkward. Please explain it to me. Awkward. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> Taker is laying, like, his head is on the apron, almost against the ring post, and then Bray runs from the outside and, quote-unquote, smashes Taker's head against the ring post. But all he does is he runs into the steps and flips over him like Mick Foley used to do. Yes. So to me it looked like he just, like, Taker reversed and he hit his knee on or something on the steps, but the commentary sells it like taker banged his head against the, the ring post i don't know what it was supposed to be but it was weird dude bray took way more damage off of yeah. that than undertaker he, he backflipped onto the cement after yes. hitting the stairs and exactly oh he barely did anything to undertaker uh it's one of those ideas that it probably sounded good in his head but in execution yeah. Yeah. it just looked stupid Maybe that's what he tried earlier and hurt his ankle on. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, Bray gets back in the ring. He's kicking Undertaker in, in on the mat. But Undertaker locks in the old trusted Hell's Gate, pulls yeah. Bray's arm down. But it's not as effective as it has been recently. Bray pretty easily punches his way out of it, uh, but then falls onto the ground. And both guys are down, and John Cohn starts counting both men out. Uh, both men get up on their feet around eight count, and then Bray hits uh, one of my favorite moves that he does: this giant uranagi, uh, like the rock bottom, but just yeah. huge. Gets Undertaker way up and slams it, and then hits a running uh, seated senton splash on Undertaker, but that only gets a two count. Yeah, I love when Bray does the Uranagi and uh, Samoa Joe does it as well. They're both just two big guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just Again, it's not quite as uh, flashy as the rock bottom, but I like it the way it looks when these big guys do it because it just looks so powerful. So, yeah, like you said, gets a two count, and then Bray is over in the corner. He pulls himself up in the corner and does his taunt where he leans all the way back, you know, just kind of creeping you out and freaking you out in mind games. And then he goes in the middle of the ring and has uh, has Taker and then for, like lean back for his sister Abigail, does a throat slash to mock Taker, and then Taker is going to actually reach his hand up and goozle Bray, and then he's going to choke slam him in the middle of the ring. So haven't hasn't hit sister Abigail yet, but uh, eats a choke slam instead. But then Taker can't really capitalize on it; he collapses over in the corner. Well, he does. He is able to recover and, and hit the throat slash, and he picks up Bray Wyatt and does connect with a picture-perfect tombstone right there mm -hmm. in the middle of the ring. Folds the arms, sticks the tongue out, but Bray kicks out. So it's kind of tradition at WrestleMania over the past few years that yeah. you kick out of the first tombstone and uh, Undertaker makes a shocked face, and that's, again, what happens here. Uh, Undertaker takes his time standing back up to go for a second tombstone, but Bray slips out, reverses it, Sister Abigail, and that only gets two. So both men have hit their finishers. Neither man has finished things here as they wonder what to do next. Yeah, they have no idea what to do next. Referee John Cohn is counting as both men are down. 
And then at this point, Bray is going to bridge up and do that spider walk over toward the Undertaker, which again, a man of his size doing that is impressive, man. Just the way he bends his back and walks that way. So really, really cool. Um, he's going to walk toward Taker, you know, backwards looking at him. And then at this point, Taker sits up and this is, it's just a classic you know, image, you know, of Taker sitting up and Bray's reaction to when Taker sits up as he's doing the spider walk tour. And is this what you're talking about with uh, your yeah, wife earlier? That's where Kate popped huge. Everybody yeah. popped huge. Man. Oh, yeah. And we all knew it was going to happen. We were all waiting for it. Like, you, you knew when this match happened, you knew that spot was going to happen. But it was just like, yes, nailed it. I'm so glad they did it. It's so yeah. perfect. It's so, and yeah, it's so great. It's WrestleMania. And I think, I didn't write it down, but I'm pretty sure at this point on commentary, so I think it's JBL maybe he says, you know, that was a WrestleMania moment right there. Like, and that's that's true. That's something that you that you remember from this match. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's it's that moment right there. You know, you don't remember the beginning or the end of this match usually, but you remember that for sure. So, really, really cool spot and really, really just cool image. And the crowd's even chanting, "This is awesome!" Because Bray just kind of sinks down. Great character work from him. He just kind of sinks down and can't believe what's happening. You know, that Taker sat up right there. So they start trading punches doing the yeah boo spot and then bray finally gets the best of it and is pounding on takers back again with those ufc hits like brock does bray does a throat slash of his own again and he picks up undertaker uh in that sister abigail position where he's cradling him and leans down and gives undertaker a kiss uh which you know bray wyatt had done so many times but you don't see too many people kiss the Undertaker on their head, no. so that, that's a big, big moment there. And Undertaker doesn't like it because he reverses from the sister Abigail, turns it into a second tombstone, classic cover again, and the Undertaker wins to go to twenty-two and one at WrestleMania after about Ooh. fifteen minutes here. Pyro erupts from the top of the stadium and Undertaker hits the Shakespeare pose and that's pretty much it. Like this show is running long apparently because this is one of the shortest Undertaker celebrations, especially at a WrestleMania that you'll ever see. We don't even see him. We see him roll out of the ring and we don't even get to see him walk to the back, do the the fist raise. None of that, man. That's what I was going to say, man. They must be going long, which doesn't make sense because they're on the network. They have unlimited bandwidth or whatever to do, so I don't know. But I think that they were kind of stalling with that Rock and Ronda Rousey and Triple H and Stephanie thing to try to get – in my opinion, they're trying to make sure it was dark before these guys came out, but it wasn't. But that went a lot, way long, you know. But um, that may be why this is such a short thing. But, yeah, it's weird we don't even get him – 
uh, you know, really celebrating. Uh, he's, he does the Shakespeare pose, but then he's gone, and uh, JBL says the gunslinger still rules the town, and he's kind of marking out for his body here. And, um, yeah, that's g- g- kind of it. You know, the crowd's cheering, and JBL's like, you know, Taker's back, and he ain't going nowhere. So hmm. um, that, that's – yeah, it, it was what it was. What are your thoughts on the the finish there, and just kind of, you know, your your reactions to that match? Yeah, I would say I kind of just have mixed feelings about it. I, I really liked some moments in it. I, I think that the sit up, uh, crab walk, spider walk spot is is great. It's it's perfect. Uh, and, and, you know, that's that's a whole reason for that match to exist, and that's yeah. it's good enough for that. But definitely not either guy's best performance i think the match itself is is pretty slow it's definitely an old school type of pace Mm uh but it's you know undertaker he he looked better than he had but he he still looked pretty old and it didn't quite look like himself which makes sense like as we saw in that last ride documentary this is the match where triple h basically had to give him a pep talk Mm -hmm. backstage undertaker's kind of having a panic attack before this match. He doesn't feel like he has it anymore. And Triple H has to tell him, you're the man, like, you know. Yeah, you're the Undertaker. Yeah, <laughs> and we see that clip of it, which is so cool. And um, it, it's fun to watch it back after having seen that documentary yes. and knowing that perspective there. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I agree, man. It was I liked it better watching it in 2020 now, just – than I did back then. I was really disappointed back then. Again, I, I remember just, like I said earlier, you know, the Taker streak is over. What's what's the deal? He doesn't need the shine here. He could, you know, we know now, having hindsight, that he's going to go a few with Brock. We're going to get to that next week on Talking Taker. But he could have, here, here's me, let me arm your quarterback real quick. Okay, Bray wins this match. Say Bray becomes like a mentor or something to Taker, or he takes one of his wing, or even he, tries to have Taker teach him his ways or whatever or maybe he just beats him and then Taker disappears for a few months whatever Bray could have been put on another level at this point from defeating the Undertaker yeah he's already lost the streak is broken but who's the guy that beat him Brock who's the next guy to beat him the next star Bray Wyatt and then you know maybe they could have feuded later and Taker could have got his win back at the SummerSlam or something I don't know but again we know he's going to, to, to feud on with Brock Lesnar so even under a loss here, he could have come back, blame this loss on the confidence he lost because he lost to Brock last year, could still still have the feud with Brock, and they would miss a beat. Like, he didn't need to win here to go on and feud with Brock Lesnar. I don't know, man. That's just me. I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just trying to spin no. something positive out of, like, let's build a new guy up here, you know? I really want to break take the W. Again, you lost to Cena and Taker, your first WrestleMania's. That's respectable, but why not have one of those be a win, man? Plus, Rusev lost this night, too, to Cena again. Like, why can't Rusev or Bray, who is supposed to be two huge stars, why can't either one of these guys be throwing a bone at WrestleMania, man? I don't get it. Yep. This is, like I said at the beginning of the show, this is the match of missed opportunities. Uh, So much you could have done with this Bray Wyatt-Undertaker combination. Uh, like you said, some sort of mentoring relationship, some sort of new ministry of darkness these yeah. two guys could have formed together. Could have had Undertaker be Bray Wyatt's manager. You know, he, he could, you know, not wrestle for a year and just yeah. not even have to appear. He could just appear in no. vignettes, like out exactly. in the woods, out in these shadows. Or 
Brock Lesnar ended the streak, Bray Wyatt could retire The Undertaker. You know, Brock yeah. can always brag about he ended the WrestleMania streak. Bray could beat The Undertaker. Undertaker is gone forever. And Bray's the guy who retired him. And he mm-hmm. becomes the new Undertaker. He takes exactly. on all of Undertaker's powers. Um, I think it was our buddy Jay. I want to give, I don't know who to give credit to this for. It may have been one of our other friends, but I want to say it was our buddy Jay back at this time. He came up with the best angle ever, the best gimmick ever. What if it's revealed that Bray Wyatt is the Undertaker's son? And that's why he has all these creepy powers. We know the Undertaker's brother. We know his father figure, Paul Bearer. What if you create this, what if you make Bray Wyatt the next generation of this Undertaker character and have him officially be part of this lineage, have him be the Sundertaker? Ooh, the Sundertaker. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> the Sundertaker. How do you oh, not do much. that? I love it. Why not? Why not? The yeah, Sundertaker. That's amazing. And it's just, it's the story oh. of Bray Wyatt's career. This, like, he is cool. He is awesome. And he is able to make chicken salad out of all the, the chicken crap that they give him. But just imagine where he could be if they actually put him over John Cena, if they put him over The Undertaker, if they put him over Goldberg and didn't have him lose to Goldberg, you know, three or four years ago, if he didn't lose to Randy Orton after a month of having the title, just like so much potential with Bray Wyatt. And it's amazing that he's still as over and awesome as he is Mm -hmm. when they've cut his legs out from under him so many freaking times and have never pulled the trigger with him. Like they did with the Undertaker, you know, right? Back in yeah. the day, you know, they put him over so hard and so strong so many times, and they just were never. They were always afraid to do that with Bray Wyatt for one reason or another, or never quite there, uh, and it's just a uh, you know missed opportunity. Yeah, and I, yeah, I still dig him. I dig what he's doing. It's exactly. all fun. He yeah. always captivates me. He's um, still he's still awesome. Yeah, but again, what what how much more would it have been to have him have the win here? Again, Taker doesn't need the win at this point, you know. But I, but I do let me play the other side of the coin. Yeah. I do understand Vince's point. Let's let's give Taker the win here because he's going to go on a feud with the guy who beat his streak. So I understand, you know, getting in Vince's business shoes, you know, and saying I'm going to give him this win, and he's going to go on a feud with him again. But like at the time, not knowing what we know in 2020 right. like i just don't see it man i just i just don't get it and again it's not taker's fault he does what he does you know he does what the boss tells him to do so but um but he could you know. still he could lose to bray wyatt here and that could be his motivation to come go after brock lesnar right because he's yeah, like earlier, you've yeah. ruined my career exactly i'm coming to get revenge and trying to avenge this loss that's you know set me on this downward spiral or whatever yeah because he goes on a few with brock and then bray just like fights i don't know like our truth the next month. I mean, he just fights <laughs> random guys yeah. later. I don't know if it's our yeah. truth. I'm just saying, like, just he just has these random feuds. Like this one was an actual story that meant something, you know. So anyway, well, we want to hear from you guys. We always love hearing your comments. So hit us up Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Talking Taker. Uh, you know where to find the podcast as well. Wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. 
uh, Stitcher, Podbean, Amazon Podcast, iHeartRadio, anywhere you listen, YouTube, all that good stuff. You can leave a comment, leave a review, leave a rating. Not as many comments this week. You know, we had a, so many of them last week yeah. for WrestleMania 30, which makes sense. Uh, but we did sure. get a couple here. Uh, Richard, uh, Richard Query at Sheep FM. He's commented a, a bit over the past couple weeks. Said he was there in the stadium, very sunburnt at the time. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't often get sunburnt at WrestleMania. But uh, he said loads of memories of the event, like the train driver telling us not to start any Royal Rumbles uh, on the way to the show, I guess. Yeah, he says it was great to see Taker's entrance live, even though it wasn't quite dark in San Jose. Sure. And... Watch along, Tommy. Uh, he was at this show, uh, so he gives us another uh, long recap of it. I'll try to hit the highlights here. Says uh, NXT was still in its infancy at the time, but they did uh, a Friday night show at 10 p.m. And yes. uh, he remembers coming straight to that. Uh, uh, from, from, he was there from the airport. Yeah. Oh man, Vince was there too. Vince was there that That's night. Right. Yeah. 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 Yep. Vince went and saw NXT that night for the first time, I believe it was. He got a quick picture with Dean Malenko in the airport, uh, our buddy Jay's favorite wrestler. Iceman, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it says the day before WrestleMania, we bumped into Kofi Kingston, and I uh, told him he was a huge fan, and he, he dug what he had going on with The New Day, which was in its infancy at mm-hmm. that time. And he said Kofi looked kind of frustrated and said, thanks, man, you know, I... Uh, Let's see where it goes. I, I hope it can turn into something. And uh, it did. It turned it into something, man. <laughs> he says, from a live perspective, it was incredible. We had the best seats for Mania that we'd ever had right off the floor, right to the side of the stage. So they could see all the talent uh, kind of underneath them who were watching the show from cool. that position where the wrestlers go. He said he enjoyed watching the talent more than watching the show sometimes. <laughs> he remembers seeing Finn Balor uh, out with his parents, taking a photo with them in front of the WrestleMania sign. Same with Becky and Sasha, which is cool because it's right before all those guys uh, hit the mm-hmm. main roster. Uh, remembers everyone losing their minds for Rollins. And he say, he agrees with us, man. He says it's a top five WrestleMania. He loved the atmosphere there. And Taker and Wyatt is often forgotten in the midst of the great main event, the RKO, Rusev's Tank, Rock and Ronda, NWO and DX, all that stuff we said. Uh, he says it's an underrated match, though. It felt crazy to see Wyatt kick out of the tombstone and then to see Taker kick out of S- Sister Abigail. The match itself got huge. This is awesome chance, and I think it's Taker's last great WrestleMania match. So, interesting to hear that, Tommy. Mm. I, uh, I can't. I don't quite go there with it. Um, I do think it has some fun moments, but uh, I wouldn't call it his great last great match. But he says when it got when I got back from Mania, it was tradition that my dad would come by to check out the show. He only cared about Attitude Era guys, and Undertaker was always his favorite. He'd always ask who did Taker wrestle, and say, "Hey, put on the Taker match." Taker was his guy. <laughs> Says he got such a kick out of Bray Wyatt being the son of IRS. And uh, <laughs> Tommy says his dad passed away at the end of 2015. So that was the last time he got to do that with him. Okay. He was the guy who got him into wrestling, took him to all his first shows. And at the end of the day, there was something nice about this Undertaker match being the last match we ever watched together. So That's cool. Very cool story, Tommy. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, hits you right in the feels, man. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I man, that's cool. That. Yeah, yeah, very cool, Tommy. Uh, of course, we would love to hear your comments. Hit us up as we keep rolling, rolling, rolling on to the last ride. And we've actually got quite a bit of action in 2015 to cover. So we're not going to mm-hmm. make that year ahead jump that we've done over the past uh, few weeks. We're just only going to have to jump to August of 2015 as The Undertaker and Brock Lesnar rekindle the, their rivalry in the main event of SummerSlam 2015. Let's see if the Frazier Taker can get revenge against <sighs> Brock Lesnar there. Uh, excited to revisit that one. Some really fun stuff on the road to SummerSlam uh, yeah. as we hit that next week. So uh, we hope you guys will join us for that. Rewatch it. Uh, and oh, lastly, I got to give a shout out to. Uh, let me give two, actually. Let me two real quick. I forgot I had a. Uh, had a comment on our Instagram uh, that I wanted to read, uh, not about well, the match. Well, but, while uh, you're finding that, I'll just uh, want to say, you know, I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to the WWE Network, but yes, they are adding you. a lot of podcasts on there. Isaiah Swerve, Scott's podcast is going on there. Lillian Garcia <laughs> just got a gig putting Chase and Glory on there. Not Sam, Sam Roberts, Not Sam Wrestling podcast is going on there. Uh, after the Bell, Corey Graves podcast is on there. Um, Alexa Bliss's un uncool podcast is on there. Um, obviously, Stone Cold does the bro- takers or whatever this Broken Skull sessions or whatever. Um, but maybe with your support, ladies and gentlemen, maybe just maybe they might add one more, and that's us talking Taker. That would be fantastic. I'm just kidding. We're not even in the running, but. How cool would it be in the 30th year of the Undertaker's career uh, or since his debut at uh, Survivor Series? If that month they're adding all these podcasts to their network, we got added. That would be great. So do what you can, ladies and gentlemen. Let's see if we can get on there. Well, look, we got 30 days of the dead man coming to yes. the WWE Network <laughs> next, or starting at the end of this month, actually, which yep. so much really exciting shows coming to the network i cannot wait to feast yep. on this stuff man uh a documentary with taker and kane a documentary about paul bearer uh another broken skull another sessions book, yeah. with undertaker and uh stone cold oh man uh we may end up having to do a bonus episode uh covering all this stuff we've talked about it so uh, we'll see how that content goes uh, and uh, we may uh we may sub that in for one of our episodes next month once all that awesome stuff has dropped. So we can't wait to see all that stuff. And how perfect would it be to uh, to have us on the <laughs> WWE Network during that yeah. time? Anything see can happen, can man. See what you can do, people. Uh, well, I wanted to shout out at E. Abragram on Instagram. Said, started listening to the podcast last week. I'm loving it so far. Started at WrestleMania 20. Just listening to your guys' opinions on my favorite Undertaker matches. So thank you for listening. Uh, glad you're enjoying it. Uh, yeah, enjoying man. it. You know, uh, our podcast works if you start at the beginning and go all the way through. But I've always said, it's 167 episodes. Just just jump yeah. in. Pick your favorite matches. You know, exactly. uh, you don't have to listen to it, the whole storyline. Uh, go back and listen to, you know, King of the Ring 98. Go back and listen to... Um, WrestleMania 13. Listen to Royal Rumble 95 if you love IRS. You know, whatever. 
Uh, they're well, fun to go back do. and listen to the old ones too. I do yeah. that sometimes when I'm when I'm bored. I'll, I'll just pick an old episode of ours and listen to it randomly. Uh, when I cut the grass, I've listened to our Ahmed Johnson episode probably five times. It's <laughs> <laughs> just so much ridiculous. The cheek, but uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this week in the cheek. But uh, yeah, that's why we do the podcast the way we do. We give you the storyline from the last week to the next, you know, so or the last interview next, so you can jump in whenever the heck you feel like it. So. They want to add us on the network, and we'll be at episode 169 or 70. That's fine. Like, whatever. Or we'll start over and go from, you know, day one. So I'm just kidding. But uh, and seriously, congratulations to all those folks getting their shows on the network. But, yeah, a lot of great content. Takers have coming in the month of October and November. We're looking forward to that. Will he's gonna, Is he going to show up at Survivor Series or not? We don't know. That would be kind of cool. So, anyway, if he what? were there – Got, oh, I, I got to oh, shout yeah. out a boy, Randy Turco. You know, uh, if you haven't listened to that bonus episode or where we had him on the show doing watch along commentary for Mania 25 and 26, go back a few weeks and check that out. Really fun. But our man, he's supporting us even more. Ordered a new Taker Easy shirt. Uh, if if you don't know, on tpublic.com, we've got our Taker Easy shirts, a couple other designs on there. But I've updated the Taker Easy shirt every single year. Because the original Taker Easy shirt said, rest in peace, Undertaker, or, or it says Talking Taker, 1990 to 2017, question mark. Right. And then he came back in 2018, so I had to update it with another question mark, and then another one, and then another one. And so now there are t- there is a design on T Public that says 1990 to 2000 on the headstone, or 2020, question mark, on the headstone. So it is up go. to date. If you need a new shirt, if you haven't got one yet, you know, they're always on sale. And Randy says he got the new one. He, sh- he showed a picture of it and actually showed up from Public in less than a week, which I've mm. never had that no, from yeah. Public. So uh, jump on it. Go go support us, <laughs> yeah. support the show, and, and, and you may end up getting it quicker than, uh, than you realize. So uh, thank you, Randy, and thanks to anyone out there who's bought a shirt and supported us uh, throughout the years. Yeah, absolutely. We appreciate it. Uh, and again, if you can get on the WWE Thunderdome in one of our shirts, we got a special uh, one of a kind uh, surprise for you. You know, we'll be happy to send you one. We we love our fans. We love you guys listen. We love that anyone listens. Um, speaking of our fans, if you were there on March 29, 2015, from Levi Stadium in Santa Clara, uh, let us know. Again, we've heard from a couple of you tonight already, but let us know what you thought. Let us know your your memories, your thoughts about this night, uh, this match in particular. And uh, other than that, ladies and gentlemen. Stay safe out there, and most importantly, take her easy. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Quite stylish. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. my face. What is a boy to do? Frazier has left the building.